Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. And today... Hey, you guys. Today we are going to talk about how to blend your family by putting your spouse first. I know it's a controversial subject, but I think it's a really great one. So I'm excited to dig into this one. All right. And we're going to give you guys seven tips on how to make this happen. Stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Blended Life. Yeah. Let's just get into it. Let's get into it. What are we talking about? <clears throat> so everyone wants to know why their family is not blended, how to blend the family, all of that. Right. So we're going to assert today one perspective of how you might blend your family well is by putting your spouse first. Okay. This pisses a lot of people off. (laughs) Why so? Because they, you know, how many people have written in when I've said this and they're like, my kids were here before anyone else, before my husband, before my husband's kids or my wife for my wife's kids. Like my kids were here first and I will never put my, like people get really angry about this. Well, we've had some like serious hate mail about this because Mm -hmm. like people are like, I would never treat my children like that. Like how dare you guys treat your kids like that and uh we've had like we've had mm. we've had some that i've had to delete i don't delete many comments it's got to be real offensive and yeah. not just not towards us like i can take offense yeah but it ha- but it's been like offensive towards other people mm. and i've just had to delete some of the comments because i'm like wow i don't think you're a listener because if you would listen all the way through yeah it's not well what it's unfortunate about. that people w- that People who really hate this or this triggers them in a really bad way mm-hmm. says a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you so triggered by this? <laughs> I'm like, I want to talk to you and know everything that's going on in your life. It's yeah. curious because it's not a this or that. It's not spouse or kids. Right. That's not the assertion here. By putting your spouse first doesn't mean you don't love your kids as much as you want to love your kids. No, not at all. You can love your kids as much as you're capable of that has nothing to do with love it has nothing to do with showing up for your kids it doesn't mean that you push your kids aside because you put your spouse first 
It means that you're protecting the nucleus of the family, which is the marriage, first and foremost. Like that is because without the marriage, you see the family. You see, said the blind guy to the deaf dog. But without the marriage, the family ceases to exist. Right. So your kids and you are attached forever, for sure. But if you don't, or are they? Because I know a lot of people that aren't attached to their kids. But what I think a lot of people don't think about when they look at it at a perspective like this and if they're stuck in it and they aren't thinking um you know on a on a on a level of uh relationship people aren't realizing that these are two different relationships just because you love your spouse so much and you put your spouse first to build up the family doesn't mean that you have to let down and let go and give your spouse, all of the relationship love. Like it's a totally different relationship and it should be treated that way. And people, I think in blended families more often than not, um, than any other type of family have a lot harder time separating that. And it's like, this is all of my love and I have to divide it up into different things where love isn't something that needs to be divided. Love is something that can be a hundred percent, for our spouse and a hundred percent for our kids, but looking at it as different relationships. Well, your kids have a different role in your life, hundred percent, than your spouse. Hopefully, I mean, we hear of like mini wife syndrome or <laughs> no mini husband syndrome. <laughs> right, that's a real thing. Right, which actually dry- comes between marriages and splits families yes. up because yes, the yes, child yes. takes on the role of the spouse. And that's a real thing people deal with. And the reason Mm -hmm. that like breaks up families is because your spouse is not first. Right. Your kids are. And so I think it's more about honoring the role of your child's your child, not your spouse. Right. You know, not your best friend, not, you know, your child's your child and your spouse is your spouse. Your spouse is not your child. And a lot of marriages treat their spouse like their child. Mm-hmm. Or like you used to get mad at me because I used to talk to you like an employee. An employee. But that creates problems in marriage, <laughs> We're right? We're coworkers, love. <laughs> we are coworkers. We're peers at work. We're peers. Well, so, you're a pupil. I'm a peer. Okay. Okay. Well, so I think that that is the difference is like you said, it doesn't mean you are not still your child's parent because you got married. Right. You know, but another distinction is like you married your spouse. You did not marry your children. You did not marry your stepchildren. Your kids will all eventually grow up, God willing, and move out and live lives of their own with their own families, like their own careers, their own legacies. And you're committing to your spouse for the rest of your life. And so I think people get really offended by that, too. Like, you married your spouse, not the kids. It doesn't mean the kids aren't important. It doesn't mean the kids aren't taken into consideration. Goodness gracious, we live for our kids. balls of fire. You know? But our kids are not our spouse. And everyone has their own roles, and that needs to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like the in-laws, the grandparents have their own roles. Right. And I think it's being really clear in your blended family what role everyone has. And you're right. Like my mom, when you said about like love, when you were talking about love, something my mom always taught me Mm -hmm. 
And it was really hard for me, and I'm still learning it, but she's like, love is not a pie. Right. Where you ever, there's like eight pieces and everyone gets and a piece. And you can piece. only give so much out that it's only, yeah, a little for you and a little for yeah, you. Yeah, right? she'd always be like, Julie, love's not a pie. So love is pizza. infinite. Like, there's only more love to give. Like, right. a child cannot have too much love. Like, if, so if... You know, you're insecure that the kids love their step-parent, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if I was insecure that my kids love their stepmom more than me, love doesn't work like that. They can right. love both as much as, you know what I mean? As it's much as finite. that. Well, it, they can love both you know? as much as that relationship will allow them to. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of the jealousy grows in, you know, and... um. It's something, you know, the song, Love is Something, if we give it away. Would you sing it for us? I don't know that song. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. No. Love is something if you give it away. Give it away, give it away. You'll end up having more. Give it know? away now. Didn't we all give sing? Give it away, give it away, wrong, give no. it away now. No, no, no. That's We're talking nursery about. rhyme stuff here. Oh, sing it. I don't I know I feel it. like we could. <laughs> I feel this like is we a nursery could, rhyme? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could rewrite the song, but you have to know what I'm talking about. You would have to grow up a normal child to know what I'm talking about. Do all of you know what I'm? You got everyone knows what I'm talking about. Nobody right now. Like, knows this nursery like, rhyme. What the hell are you talking what, about? What A nursery could, rhyme? I don't. You know what? You guys, will you? Are you give gonna read this book F's, on air? Next F's time? in the chat. F's in the chat for Julie because <laughs> everyone knows what I'm talking about. Nobody knows what you're talking about. What's okay. the name of the nursery rhyme? Love. It's not a nursery rhyme. It's a song. Love is something if you give it away. And it basically Who's the this, song. Who sings it? I'm just curious. Everyone sings it. Every child <laughs> sings this song because sing love is it. something. Love is something if you give it away. Give it away. <laughs> give it away. <laughs> love is something if you give it away. You'll end up having more. You've never heard that song. <laughs> Look, I'm going to zoom in on your happy face. <laughs> this is Julie's happy face. Okay, come on, you guys. Okay, well, anyways, back to. <laughs> I just love that you really <laughs> sing that. <laughs> What? Pastor Dave sings at but. church and we don't laugh at him. And he has a great singing voice like me. Speaking of great singing voices, just to get off topic real quick, can we give a quick shout out to the Gumbo family, who was one of our featured families? Featured families. We did like three or two. Yeah. Tell we us what's going on with, with her. So she lives in South Africa. Right. Right. They they do. Their they family, family does. Yes. And so she's doing like the equivalent of American Idol out right. there. Right. Um, and she's in the top 16 and right is, now. And is continuing on. Like yep. she's Pretty amazing. Yeah. So. Anyway, I posted Shout her out. in our stories yeah, today. That's neat. Anyways, back to the story, the, the song. The song that everyone the knows song. that no one knows. Nobody everyone knows the knows song. This song. I, they do now. I just sing it for them. So this song is if you give it away, it ends up, you end up having more. And I feel like it could be rewritten because you don't technically give love away. And I feel like as a kid, that gets a little little murky because you're like, why am I giving my love away? Like, I... <laughs> All right, we I have, can't even... We have talks for our kids not to give their love away. No, oh, my gosh. This is just all bad, you guys. This is why <laughs> podcasting This is amazing. Be this is the best episode I've ev we've ever done. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so, well, because when you say give it away, all I think yes. about is the peppers, the red hot chili peppers, and so that's playing in my head. Continue on, though. But I our order kids, my food without peppers. Thank you. Our kids give it away. Yeah, you know, you, then you end up having more. Like, if you rewrote the song to be like, 
you know, basically that that love grows. That, it, you know, if you love mm-hmm. someone, it ends up growing larger. Well, this is something very interesting because in coaching, I actually can speak to this in a different way. I don't know if everyone knows that you're a health and life coach that life specializes coach, in mostly. blended families. Yes. Now they do. Now they do. But something I always tell my clients mm-hmm. in a, like a paradigm of coaching is like what you appreciate appreciates. Right. You know, so if I appreciate, if, if I appreciate love and I'm giving love away, right, just like mm-hmm. you're saying, like that in turn appreciates, like it continues growing and getting bigger and carrying on even past yourself because. You love me a lot. I appreciate you a you lot. appreciate me. And here I go, growing and getting bigger and. Okay. Anyway, so, but that is, that is very true. It's like where you're, so another paradigm belief you know where or not it where your attention goes your energy flows that was so a fat joke by the way not a sexual joke oh i was totally taking it as a sexual uh, yeah, no, joke and i don't want our viewers to think think that, that we have sex we do not have we sex we do not okay sorry <laughs> that was just a little disclaimer i threw in there <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, never mind we won't talk about yesterday um i went to the water slides we made for our blended life raw oh, account I was like, for our Patreons, we what made was yesterday. You don't even remember. We made a I'm water offended. slide. We made a water slide video while we were out there. So, anyways, okay. Um, but where your attention goes, your energy flows. So if you're focused on really negative things, then your energy is going to be like super negative, and that's what you're bringing to the table. If you're focused on gratitude and you're just so grateful. Mm-hmm then your energy will be that of gratitude and that's what people receive. So it's like whatever you're focused on, if you're focused on giving love and you're focused on, you know, kind of the same thing. Anyway, we're so off. Giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. That's where we're at. Okay, where where do we need to get back on? That's a Friends episode. I believe you. Remember when Joey tries to, or not tries, Joey becomes like he's going to marry Chandler and Monica and he writes... His first draft like of weird, their like, wedding. Some wedding. <sighs> I don't watch this. You and the you and the youngin watch this. Anyway, this so he, his show. whole his whole wedding speech is about giving and receiving. It's oh, really yes, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here to give and to receive, <laughs> and <laughs> it was just really funny. Anyway, putting your spouse first and blending your family. Yes. Well, it's interesting because in marriage vows. See, I all, I think your your blended family. I'll go back to marriage vows in a minute, but I think the point we're trying to make, and we'll we're gonna give suggestions on how to put your spouse first. Like, what does that even look like? Right. Um. But two things. Well, there's so much I want to say, so it's a good thing we're still kind of in the beginning. But your blended family we is only gonna even started. <laughs> your blended family is only gonna be as connected, and. Um, well, it's only going to be as connected or like, it's going to feel like how your marriage feels. So if you have a very connected marriage, if you're really a teammate in your marriage, then you're, gosh, I always think of the fucking picture of all the parents on the field with their like matching jerseys for this one kid. (laughs) But if you're like, if you're, if you're a team in your marriage and you're really connected in your marriage, your blended family will reflect 
the culture of your marriage. Right. If you're divided in your marriage and you're you're more roommates than married couples and you can't get on the same page and you're not really a team, your blended family is going to reflect that attitude and culture. On a scale of 1 to 10, where is our family, our blended family on this? Like if you had to rate this. Why are you so quiet? Why don't you answer your own question? No. I don't want to answer question this question. Here. Well, I don't uh, what this I'm question. getting at is what I'm getting at is it's a very common problem. It's a very hard thing to get this. And I'm hoping that because you are the planner of this household relationship, Am I'm I? hoping that you have some good tips on how to get people on track for something like this. Yeah, you do. I do. Okay. So, um, and so if you have a strong marriage, you're going to have a strong family. And that should make sense to you because if your marriage is strong, right. your family's not breaking apart. It's right. not going anywhere. Right. Okay. If you have a super connected marriage, you know, everyone else is going to have to fall in line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when that you have misplaced roles, like your child's your best friend or your child's your mini spouse that... Will that be a mouse? <clears throat> yeah. You know, but what happens is, is that roles get confused and then kids align with the parent that that tie and they can, they know they can manipulate things. Mm-hmm. They know they can pull attention. They know that they can, that they're really in control with the spouse. Like they're in control with this parent, not yeah. their spouse. Right. Okay. And they know that mm-hmm. and they feed on that and they work that and that creates division. Right. Because it's allowed. Right. So I think when it's, it's putting your spouse first is actually in the well-being of the children. And let's talk about that for a minute, because I think that what we fail to realize is that the marriage we're putting on, um, not show, but like the marriage we are showing our children yeah, is the marriage that they're going to think is what marriage is. It's ideal. It's it's the presentation. It's, it's what the basis yeah. for their thoughts on marriage. No, it really. because we're the, we're the teachers in a situation like That's this. Right. We are the ones that are showing them. Right. We're the role models here. So when you think about your marriage and how you're doing marriage with your spouse, what do you want for your children? Right. Okay. Do you want your children to not put their own spouse first? More importantly, do you want your children to be in a marriage where they're not put first? Because, see, you can't have it both ways. You can't be really pissed off that spouse is first in marriage and you want that for your kids, but it's not okay in this marriage. Like, it doesn't work like that. You don't get to pick and choose. And so when you're thinking about how you're doing marriage for your it's more important, like, it's it's bigger than just you and your spouse, right? You are creating identity around marriage for your children to take on in their own lives. And so you have to really consider like, well, what will help you in your own marriage would be to consider what do I want for my child as a husband or wife? You know, daughters, do you want your daughter to go marry a man who puts her second to his career, to his friends, to um, his hobbies to money. Like it doesn't even have to be with kids, but if the culture of your marriage is that we're going to put this, we're not putting spouse first, it doesn't matter what that is replaced with. Like I said, money, friends, kid, you know, whatever it is, they're going to think that that's acceptable. 
like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't expect to be put first in this marriage because right. mom wasn't put first or dad didn't put my stepmom first or mom didn't put my stepdad first. So maybe I have it wrong. Maybe that's how it should be. And uh, subconsciously, they carry that with them to their own marriages. Do you know Well, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, like, for instance, going back to our filthy write-ins that some of these people write to us. <laughs> And they get yeah, so mad. People are really angry. I think people because don't, they wish well, they were being first in their marriage. Well, here's the thing. Honestly. Or either that or they were a kid that was second. And when I say second, I mean a distant second to their step parent. And they got left behind. Now, I think it's our job as parents to show that we can be great husband, wife, spouses and have a great relationship but that does not mean leaving your child behind. Mm. That doesn't mean making your children a distant second that feels like 10th, 11th, mm-hmm. not even on the podium place. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is our job to show our kids, it be the role models to show them what a good marriage looks like, but also show them how to respect that marriage while also being a good parent. Yeah, it's different. A hundred percent different. Different because it is a different relationship. Yes, but if you can do that and you can be a good husband and wife team, mm-hmm. and then you could be a good parent. That is being a well-rounded, yeah, role model that right. shows our kids this is what it looks like. This right. is what it feels like. Yeah, and because we don't also we don't want our kids to think that husband and wife is everything, and the kids are just peasants that don't matter and i think mm-hmm. that's that's where it gets mixed up well, i think let, let me put it like this then because i think i i agree like people people think it's a this or that yes okay yes 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 so here's or here here's a a way to look at it that might make people who are really against this perspective shift a little bit when you're at work okay mm-hmm. you go to work for a set amount of hours Okay, and your job at work is to do the tasks that you're there to do. Now, while you're at work, you're not physically with your spouse, mm-hmm. right? right? You ne- can't necessarily talk to your spouse as much as you'd like, right. but does you being at work make your spouse not first in your life because you have a job? Like, are you not yeah, supposed no. to have a job because your spouse is first? No, and then your and then your That's world right. just completely ro- revolves around right. your it's, spouse. We're not saying codependent here, right? <laughs> That's not what we're the message, right? So, you if you can if you can get in line with my spouse can be first, and I can also have a job and go to work. Right. My spouse can be first, and I can also have friendships. Right. No one says anything about that because we all understand that, yes, like I can go out with, I can go running with my friend Brooke Mm -hmm. and I can still put you first. It's not a this or that. And I don't even have to run in order to put me first. Yeah, I can, I can have an education and a business of my own and still put you first. Right. Do you feel like I don't put you first because I have this, this business I'm starting and because I go to school? No, I don't feel like that at all. Um, so, but this is the thing, and it's just no different with being a parent. Right. You can be an excellent parent and still put your spouse first. Right. And so maybe we need to talk about what does that mean then? Okay, I buy into that. Like the logic all makes sense mm-hmm. as it should because we're not saying that you should be codependent with your spouse because and it have makes, nothing else. Because it makes sense and Julie said it, so it, it, it works. It doesn't. Well, I oh. mean, it logically... 
if you're in a healthy marriage, you can have friendships, you can go to work, you can have kids. Like it doesn't mean because you put your spouse first that you have nothing else in life. That's right. called codependency. That's not what we're talking about. And that's about. actually usually an unhealthy situation, right? Yeah. And that's I think if you are topic. codependent, your children do get left behind. Or your spouse gets left behind. Or Yeah, because maybe you're codependent with your child. Yeah. And then or it's your like, parent, why am I married? Or your parents, you know, you're so yeah. dependent on your parents that you can't, and I've heard of this a lot, you can't have a relationship with your spouse because... Parents are in it. Parents are in it. Your mom tells you what to do. Your dad tells you what to do. That's right. Um, you have to check in with them, and you right. never actually divide and go off separately with your spouse you're still yeah. worried about what your parents think and right. if your dad approves and you right. know it, it there's just there's a lot of codependency when it comes to parents as well yeah and so your marriage is a great litmus test for how your blended family is doing so if you have issues in your blended family you don't feel like you're blended you feel very divided you know, all the normal things. You feel powerless in your blended family. You feel upset. You know, you feel frustrated. You feel like you don't have a voice. You feel unheard. You feel like you're not, you can't compete with your stepkids. And, you know, whatever it is, look at your marriage. Look at your relationship. And it'll tell you everything you need to know about your blended family. You know, even we have a lot of people who live separately from their significant other with their kids right now that I talk to. And that's interesting that that is such a thing. But to think that that doesn't affect the culture of your family, it totally does. And a lot of issues arise just based on that. So there's just, it's it's a good place to start. If you feel like your blended family is out of control or um, toxic or Whatever it is, we can't blame everything on the ex. I'm so sorry. I know that's where it's the easy thing to do. Like, that's also everything's blamed on the A lot of people. But so it's also, you know, it's like it's like politics. Like, at some point in time, we have to take credit and accountability. I think accountability is what it is. Yeah. Everyone wants to put blame on someone else. Right. And it's about time we start having accountability for our actions. That's right. And what we do and what we've done. And I think a lot of marriages will get better if we take accountability. Yeah. Um, and, and before they become our exes, if we take accountability while they're our spouses and we own up to problems and we own up to our shortcomings, it doesn't mean that we have to be perfect, but if we can take accountability, mm-hmm. I feel like um, your spouse is going to respect you a lot more. That you that by taking accountability, it creates um, a conversation that allows issues to be worked through and maybe if not worked through at least understood yeah well accountability brings walls down and makes a safe place right and also inspires the other person to do the same yeah and when you can both be accountable um that opens hearts it's a really really powerful tool in marriage accountability so accountability in all relationships really friendships with your kids with your co-parent you know with your uh, everyone, your boss. Do you work on this type of stuff? I'm just curious. I've never <laughs> asked you. Do you work on like accountability in your coaching sessions? So coaching is all about the person I'm coaching. Mm-hmm. And so what we work on is how, yes, is they it, have to own their own it, shit. Mm-hmm. 
but in not and like we don't attack it like that. So right. what we do is we figure out who do you want to be in your the various roles, mm-hmm. and then showing up as that person, um, in those roles. So right. it's forward moving. We're not like we're not circling the drain on how bad we are or the past or all these things, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or it's my mistakes. Driven. It's focus driven. It's yeah. goal driven, and so. It's positive driven yeah. because it's very, when we're focused on the things that we've done wrong, which is helpful, like, but I think that informs who you want to be. It's mm-hmm. kind of just a different way to approach it. But yeah, I mean, so if you know you did something wrong and you don't want to be like that, well, what do you want to be? How yeah. do you want to be? And how what do you change it? What do you want? What is your truth? Right. And let's go for it. Like and it. we do that. And so that's way more empowering but that's not a healing journey. I don't do a healing journey. I do a empowerment journey. You don't use oils and stones? I don't. Uh-huh. So if you guys are interested in this, Julie, you're the coach. I am. You can I'm just proud of you. I like to Thank talk about you. I tell everyone. I, I really like that. I tell everyone. Thank so you. I work with a lot of realtors, as you know. And I, I tell do. them all. Because well, most of you. them are female or blended family or Nice. Anyways. Um, so let's talk about thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Um, let's talk about how you put your spouse first and what that looks like. Okay. Because that's great in theory, but let's put it in practice. Okay. So I have seven ways that you can put your spouse first. And I think that a great place to start before we hop into those seven ways to put your spouse first is when like a traditional wedding vow comes from the Bible, right? It comes from Matthew nineteen six, and it says, "What God has joined together, let no man put asunder." Right. Okay. Or let no man separate. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, <coughs> very common line used. So in, yeah. what that means is you're not going to let anyone come between you and your spouse. You put your spouse first. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is what it means to put your spouse first, meaning your children, your stepchildren, your in-laws, your friends. Your phone that keeps ringing. I know. Um, Nobody is going to get between you and your spouse and break up your marriage. Mm -hmm. Your spouse is first. Nobody will come between you and your spouse. And then people are like, well, what about me and my kids? Like, I don't want my spouse to come between me and my kids. Well, if you married a good person who loves you, why would they want that for you? Right. So know who you're marrying. And you can trust that, like, if you married a good spouse, whether they like your child or not, why would they not want you to be in a relationship with your child? You know, then maybe you're marrying the wrong person. Yeah, or a healthy relationship with your child. I mean, I feel like regardless, you're going to be in a relationship with their child one way or another until they are at least a certain age. Um, but as good spouses and spouses, I feel like we want our we want the best for our spouses and spouses and their children and their relationships. So I'm gonna cut back to your angle while you sit here and text and type. Sorry, I have things happening. I bet you do. All right. That's, is that what happens with your health <clears throat> and life coach? You just get so wildly popular and have to just deal with people this is color street oh great <laughs> um i'm not as proud of you for color street i'm a lot more proud of you <laughs> for your your major accomplishments well thank you um so seven ways that we can put our spouse first mm. okay first is remember when you're dating 
<laughs> no. No. I do not. So when you first meet someone and you like them, you're super curious about them. Okay. You know, when you're first meeting someone, you want to know their story. Like, who are you? Why do you think the way you think? What do you want in life? Where are you come from? Where have you been? Where do you want to go? What do their farts smell like? <clears throat> yeah. Do you think people ever, like, truly, like, that's one of their first, like, instinctual thoughts? Like, what does their kiss taste like? What if they have really horrible breath? And, like, you kiss them and then, ew. You know, what are their habits? Yes. Like, I think that's a huge thing. Like, are you a smoker? Do you do recreational drugs? Do you love Jesus? Do you love. worship the devil? I don't know. Like, yeah. we, we have lots of questions. Lots. Okay. When we're dating people. Yes. Do you want more kids? Do you not? Do you want to move to do Tennessee? Do you even like kids in the first do place? Do you like kids? Do you even want to be a parent? Because <laughs> I've got two. So, um, but so here's the thing. When we start dating, we're always curious. Right. I think... Step one, the first thing we can do to put our spouse first is to never stop being curious about our spouse. You could not ask them enough questions to know them 100% in a lifetime. Well, do you think that people, do you think that people <clears throat> change and become different people? Or do you think people, because I've heard you say people are who they are and believe them when they show you. But I've also mm -hmm. heard you say mm -hmm. that people change and grow and mm -hmm. you know keep yeah if people want to change mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. if like i'm on a forgiveness journey right now right. which is really really fucking hard okay i'll just there it is it's really painful it's really hard it's bringing up a lot of stuff i don't want to deal with but i know i can't love in the way i want to or be the person I want to or help people that I want to unless I do this. So I'm doing it. Um, but so I think it's possible if people want to change, right? Mm -hmm. So it, I think it depends. Like this is something to be curious about. Right. Like if you don't like the way your spouse is behaving, if you don't like how they're showing up, if you think it's wrong or you wish it were different, instead of being judgmental about it and assuming that you know why they are the way they are, why they're acting the way, like – she just doesn't like my kid, and that's what, you know, maybe you ask a question. And here's the thing. What's beautiful about curiosity in relationships, first, your spouse feels known. Uh -huh. Like, you have to know your spouse. And knowing your spouse doesn't mean that you're assuming things. Right. You know, or putting words well, in their mouth. I feel being curious. I feel like if you know your spouse, you shouldn't have to assume things. If you know your spouse, you should know You things. can never, but yes, but I think you assume you know your spouse. <laughs> it's a catch-22. No, I think, I think that you think that you've spent one year with your spouse and now you know everything there is to know about them. Not true. You're going to spend a lifetime with me and not know everything there is to know about me. That's just not possible. Right. Because so, you are not an open book. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think you just need to get curious. Instead of letting your emotions get the best of you or, you know, we oftentimes just think we fill in the blanks with what we think we know or we fill in the blanks with our perceptions and our perceptions are ours. They're not you. Like, do your you, perception is not my truth necessarily. Do you, you ever, know? like, think of something that you're doing and assume my reaction? You're yes. Like, yeah? Yeah, of course. In your, uh, Normal. In, in like, or I won't say something because I assume how you're going to react. You already know my reaction because you've played it out in your head. And you're yes. like, this is the way it's going to yes. go. 
And then it finally comes out and you're like, see, I was fucking right. No, you weren't. I'm going to beep you out and just leave it on beep. You were not. I was right. Yeah. No, but, but truly though, (laughs) but do you ever do that? And then it's like, dang it. That's not at all what I thought it was going to be, you know, or it's not as big. Or it's not as big of a deal as I thought it would be. So you just know Uh, me that well. You are just. No, the problem with that. No, the problem with that is that you've played it up so much in your head that by the time it comes out, I'm so upset (laughs) that I get the reaction I put out. So if I come at something really upset, of course I'm going to get the energy I put out is what's going to get volleyed back. So now it's a game. But that's the truth. Right. Right? Okay. Tone, how I come at it. So the, the trick is to, like, maybe be brave and talk about things as they come instead of letting them build up, mm-hmm. you know, because they build up because we assume that the other person is going to react or behave in a way that we don't want to deal with. Yeah. Or we don't like. Or well, I a lot of times that behavior, that reaction is because of pattern. It's it's a way that it's happened so often in the past. Yeah. And, um, again, if we talk about that type of stuff and, and – yeah. Bring it to light. You know, it's something that we can work on the next time something like that happens. Yeah. And the re- so but so in communication, this is something that we talk about in coaching. But the best part about curiosity is you can't be genuinely curious and judgmental at the same time. My favorite thing about curiosity is it killed the cat. Curi- I don't well, like cats. I'm curiosity control. is the cure for judgment. And that okay. is a paradigm in, in coaching. Because when you're curious and you really want to understand something, it's judgment-free. Okay. You can't be truly curious and be like, I'm already judging you because that's not genuine curiosity. And so if we could come at our spouse making them feel known because we're just genuinely curious instead of like assuming and projecting and all these things that we do, you know, that is a way that you can make your spouse feel like they're first. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. It's a really, really great, great marriage tip for both people. I started out wanting to do this podcast for bio parents to help the step parents out. Yeah. Because I feel like step parents are always like required to be a support. Like step parents have all the expectations, none of the power. We're required to be a support to our spouse, you know, and we're like entitled only, but we don't really. Required to swallow sand because. That's what step parents have or to do. Other things, but or other things, but we won't talk about that. We won't because stones hurt. Um, so I wanted to give this episode to the bio parents, how they could help their spouse, the step parent, mm-hmm. feel more supported and feel like a teammate instead of feeling like they're defeated and depleted. But what I realized as I was preparing for this episode is really it's about marriage. And both parties, if they acted this way, would if they would there'd be you're no, saying, there'd be no you're badness. saying both parties bio or step, step parent yeah it doesn't yeah, matter doesn't matter like yeah. it's good for everyone okay so okay second thing is to actually see your spouse mm-hmm. so first step is to know them be curious get rid of judgment ask questions stop projecting and assuming the second thing you can do to make your spouse feel significant put your spouse first is See them. Take a picture to last longer. <clears throat> yeah. So again, it kind of goes with like, we don't even see our spouse. We're inserting our assumptions and perceptions, and that's how we see them. We see them through the lens of what we think about them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so saying. we get clouded, and yeah. we don't actually see our spouse's intentions. We don't see 
them for the woman we loved or the man that we fell in love with. Like we just see them through the lens of frustration and the lens of their shortcomings and how they're wronging us and whatever issues we have. And we don't, we don't really see them. We don't take the time to see what they're doing. We don't really take the time to see and appreciate how they are showing up. Um, You know, the efforts they are putting in, we don't, see them. Does that make sense? 100%. And so I think that's a really important thing for number two. Number three, honor your spouse. What do you mean by honor? So you might not agree Mm -hmm. with something that's really important to your spouse. So let's, if if something's super important to you. Give me an example. What's super important to me that's not so important to you? I just want to hear what you come up with. I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, I could think, I don't. Ice cream. We're going to say ice cream. No, but like, okay, if something's super, super important to me, Mm -hmm. like super important to me, and you could give a shit. Okay. Let me have it. Okay. You know what I'm trying to say? And vice versa. If something's like a rule, like a boundary or a rule in the house with the kids, lights on or off. Yeah. For example, that's the first thing. You know, I know that's super important for good reason. It's important to me that the lights are not just left on all over the house. Yes. Unless I'm photographing it. So that's something super important to so you. So is that not so important? Not impor- so important to It's me. not so important to you? Like, I, I mean, you don't it, care? I, get, I do care because of the bill. Yeah. But, like, you're very, like, about it. Someone and has to pay the bills it, around here. So, but <laughs> my point is it could be anything. We'll just use that as an example. Mm-hmm. So then I back you on it. Like, right. I'm not going to get into a fight with you. Like, I'm just going to, like, yes, if that's really important to you, I'm mm-hmm. on your team. Fine. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that it is honoring your spouse is letting them have, especially the things that you don't really care about and they really do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't really agree with a rule in the house or, you know, it doesn't really matter to you that someone's friend stays for a week straight, but your spouse <laughs> isn't about it. Did you like, give it to me? <laughs> you gave it, to, you gave it to buddy. But you know what I mean? Like, or whatever, or if it doesn't really matter that the kid parks their car someplace on the street like i don't care if he parks in someone in front of someone's house you're like "Eh, that's probably not okay so we change it you know (laughs) what i'm trying to say just because i saw the neighbors looking at the car like but that's okay (laughs) like fine it doesn't like i don't care either way right you know what i mean yeah i know that this particular kid like structure so let's just give him a spot that he knows he can park in and that's good for everyone okay but it's just kind of like I think we get into a fight because we can. We get into like this power struggle mm-hmm. because we can. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like just honor your spouse's wishes, right? Well, what I see it becoming too is a lot of times if you don't just give it to them, a lot of times it becomes tit for tat. and All the time. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? And Sometimes it, all the time. Yeah, 60% <laughs> of the time it's all the time. Uh. And it just becomes an issue that doesn't have to be there just because the last time it was an issue. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, you know, you just have this mound of issues that don't really need to be there because you don't really care. You're just arguing or fighting or pushing back because that's what happened to you in the last situation. You're trying, you're trying just to even it out or even the, the playing field. And it's just the same thing over and over again. Yep. It is true. And I think that when you give, you get, like you said, like we were talking about at the very mm-hmm. beginning of this podcast. So if I want to get my way, sometimes I'm going to have to give. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Because if I give, then not you don't give to get, but you can't expect that somebody's going to honor you if you're not honoring them. It's a two-way street. Well, and then also you can't be mad if all of a sudden, like, the other person who's been giving the whole time and you've never been giving just stops. And you're like, well, what the heck? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was it's really just, enjoying the giving yeah, part. Yeah, it's just yeah. a selfish way of living right. that um, lives yeah. within a lot of us. So know your spouse. See your spouse. Honor your spouse. This doesn't mean you don't do this with the kids. It just means your spouse We're just is spoke- the first focusing person. on the spouses right now. But this is how you create a great relationship in your marriage that mm-hmm. your blended family blends. For sure. Um. Prioritize your spouse. So I think we have no problem prioritizing our kids. We're conditioned to, from the day they're born, they cannot live without us. We have to because who else is going to? Because we have to breastfeed them. Because we have to change them. Because we have to wake up with them in the middle of the night. Because they will die without parents, (laughs) literally. Like Babies aren't born capable of survival on their own. So prioritizing our kids isn't the issue. And so, and nobody's saying that you don't prioritize your kids, but I think in blended family marriages specifically, mm-hmm. because most times you didn't create these kids together, in blended family marriages specifically, I think spouses are lacking in being a priority. So, and that's kind of like up to you and your spouse is what does that look like? Do I want date night once a week? Do I want date night once a month? Do we go on vacation once a year, once every other year, once every five years? Like, do we talk 30 minutes a day? Like, what does it look like where your spouse is going to feel like they are a priority, not the only priority, but that your spouse is a priority to you? Are you leaving them little notes around the house? You know, are you thinking of them when you're at the store and buying them a drink they like? Or chocolate. <laughs> or chocolate if they want chocolate. He loves chocolate. I don't Choc- like chocolate. Milk chocolate. Weird? So I think it's it's making your spouse feel like they're a priority. And that also, listen, if your spouse deals with jealousy issues with you and the kids, making them a priority will negate that. It will help that. It will calm them down. But what ends up happening is we do get so wrapped up in our children, naturally so. Well, a lot of people just really want to be excellent parents either they didn't guilty and they're making up for something that's it or they didn't have good parents to begin with and they want to be different this time and break the break the cycle um or they just care like i've always cared about being such a good parent you know because like we just talked about no one else is going to do this you know so it's it's very important but that's only one piece of this puzzle when it comes to family Well, and here's the deal if you really want to put your child first don't get married well, it, yeah, you're like saying you if you want them to that. be like... Like, if you want your kid to be number one and not have to consider anyone else and not have to answer to anyone else and not have to prioritize anyone else, there is... Dr. Laura would tell you to go live with you and your kids until your kids are 18 out of the house and then you start dating and get married. I also And I feel think like this is the reason she says that because there's a struggle there, right? There's a struggle with you want to be the best parent and you want to give all to them, but you... Are being irresponsible as a husband or wife if you're not prioritizing your marriage. But look at this: if you prioritized your child so much like that, that that's all they, that's all your relationship Lots of was. Do this. But then you say until they're eighteen and move out. Like I don't think they're going to move out at eighteen. I don't think that well, is going to be. 
in in like we just talked about that selfish way of living, the giving, 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 mm-hmm. and not receiving. I think that's what you're going to start to feel because at some point in time, your kids are going to be so conditioned to receiving, 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 mm-hmm. and not so much giving that this is going to be a very broken relationship at the end of the day. You know? Yeah. It will be a broken relationship yeah. at the end of the day. Just there's just it's a t- it's an unhealthy Im- but anyway. There's but, just no balance to it. But I think that that is a choice you make. So if you're somebody who's like I want because that's your choice as a parent how you parent. It's my prerogative. Yeah, but if you don't want to be married and have the responsibility to put your spouse first, like maybe you need to rethink getting married. Like there, you can go date and have sex and not be married you can go meet somebody who wants nothing serious there are plenty of people who want nothing serious marriage is serious marriage is choosing to put someone before anyone else like that is the thing and if that's not the thing you want then don't do it don't enter into it because you're going to enter into it and then it's going to be one of the 70 percent of marriages that fail in blended families Because it's hard, because it is choosing your spouse, because it is prioritizing your spouse, because if you and your spouse are not good, the family is not good. And that's the reality of the situation. And so I also want to talk about when we talk about prioritizing your spouse, it is considering your spouse in all decisions. And it is asking them. So considering your spouse doesn't mean that it changes everything. Like maybe you consider your spouse and nothing changes. You know, maybe you're going to follow through, but you consider your spouse, you ask your spouse, your spouse, you don't live like I just have carte blanche power and like our family is going to look different and change without even considering or having a conversation with your spouse first. Like if the dynamics of your blended family change, like say my kids moved full time with their dad and that was a thing that was going to happen. And that, cause that would really affect me. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if I never saw my kids again? I like can't the imagine wife. what happens if you go a full week without seeing your kids. But like, it would change how I show up in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I would know that. And so I, we would have that conversation like, um, before a dynamic change in our blended family, like, how do you feel about this? Like, I'm going to consider you like, even if I cannot change the outcome, mm-hmm. Like, we need to discuss how this changes our marriage. Like, we need to honor our marriage enough to have a conversation on what this looks like Mm -hmm. and what this is going to mean. And if it's going to be hard, then how can we kind of come together as a team to make it better? Yeah, what's it look like in order to make this Right, like you consider, you don't just make family decisions and not consider your spouse. And considering your spouse is like, how do you feel about it? Are Mm -hmm. you going to be okay with that? Are you okay with this? Even if them being okay with it or not, doesn't change anything, you still need to reconsider your spouse and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're, they're going to feel loved. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Respect your spouse. So kind of goes with honor. I think those kind of go hand in hand. But when you're respectful of your spouse, right, you're not degrading them. Right. If you're talking down to your spouse. Like an employee. Here's the deal. How you treat your spouse is how your stepkids are going to, or how your children are going to treat your spouse. Mm-hmm. Or how they're going to treat you, or it, it's just, yeah. it, they're getting conditioned to talk this way, right. to act this right. way, to I- interact this way. Yeah. If you're not respectful of your marriage, 
your kids are not going to respect your marriage. Right. And so respect is a huge, huge thing. Respecting your spouse as an adult in the house, that even if there's not a huge bond between your child and your spouse, a baseline of respect, right? Like they're still an adult in the house. They still deserve respect. They're still going to be considered like just because you're the kid doesn't mean that you trump my spouse because that's what happens a lot. It's like the kid feels that they have complete rights to their parent, and that trumps spouse. Like I hate, like she ruins our life. Like, why is she here? She ruins our life. Well, that's an allowed thought pattern for kids to have. You know, oh, I know. Well, it's okay. Well, that's not being respectful to your spouse. Like, you stop that. You no, stop yeah, that immediately. You put them, yeah, you put them in their place and you yeah. remind them all the good that she does or the quality of life that they bring to the table. Or, or you know what? It's my choice. I love her, period. Like, I don't have to validate my decisions to marry someone. Yeah, especially to you, you little rug rat. Well, yeah, like, you're a kid, you're a child. And what happens is we give these children so much rule over, like, their opinions. Yeah, they have power. Yeah, and it's like, children don't have power. They don't pay bills. They don't hardly contribute unless you're very, like, we have a chore chart. You know, like, everything's done for them. Everything is handed to them. For the most part, and they really are like, and so the respect I want to also pair with gratitude. You know, I think that one thing that really step parents have a hard time with, but even bio parents, and I think in marriage is a lack of gratitude. And I kind of want to pair that with respect because I think that if you're super grateful and you're producing an attitude of gratitude in your marriage and in your family, the respect happens really easy. If you notice there's a lack of respect, if you notice your children completely, and I think both of our children, like all of our children. You're talking about like our our, our family? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all three of our, our live-in children, I would say we've had to have conversations. You can, I, I'll, you know, but like where they don't respect the other parent. Or that not that they don't even respect the parent. It's just or step parent. Like we've had to. It's just our blended family is so hard to blend that everyone's really different. Everyone is so different that yeah. it has been such a struggle trying to show off the roles and um, figure it out. I think yeah. figuring it out is a very hard thing for us to do. So what I've noticed in our blended family is there's such a lack of gratitude. And I think that is really, so like with, with my kids, Mm -hmm. I have to point out like, you have so much to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. You're grateful that you have a stepdad who doesn't try to take me away from you. You're grateful you have a stepdad who doesn't try to spank you. You're grateful you have a stepdad who cares that you're happy and comfortable in our home like you're you need to be grateful that and you have to like bring pull out this gratitude but there's such a lack of gratitude in in families because I see it in the kids the kids are so ungrateful for everything they have for having 
step parents who champion actually I, relationships right, with each other. Right. Like it doesn't matter how you feel about my kids. I know that you always will be a champion that I have a good relationship with them. Right. And same, like it doesn't 100%. matter how I feel about your child. Like I will always champion, you know, your relationship with him. I would never do anything to 100%. ruin that. But, and same with the other parents, right. like, and our kids have no idea and I think I'm really sensitive to this just because of how I was raised. I wasn't raised like that. Mm-hmm. I was well, always yeah, raised opposite, opposite of yeah. that. So I'm very like, listen, you have no idea because I live the other end of that where like you have no idea what a blessing and how grateful it is to have pa- like step parents who really want you to have great relationships with your bio parents. Like that isn't always the case. And so it is this. So I think one way you can put your spouse first in respect is just having a sense of gratitude in your marriage, like being grateful. I think we're always focused on the shortcomings, like what we're not getting, what we wish was different, you know, and we're not really grateful for the good. Yeah. Like we need to refocus on like, and then we have this gratitude, respect just unfolds naturally. That was a long way of saying that. But no, Well, I, this is one of the biggest issues for lack of a better term that my son and I have going down the blended family road and pathway um, is the the gratitude and, and respect and the honoring and I feel like it is such a game of whack-a-mole. Do you know what that game is? I do. Kids I've, played it as I children. Thank you. I do know yeah. that game. The, the so I like I whack song. one down and talk to him about it and then the next one pops up and I whack this one down and it, you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. Gosh, I feel like we could do a podcast completely on this topic. We could and do it next week. <laughs> we could, but the problem is I don't feel like I'm an expert at it. I feel like I try so hard to combat this and counteract this, and it is such a hard thing that, I mean, I could tell you all the things and all the examples and everything that I do, well, but mm-hmm. I find myself telling him, like, man, you are being such a spoiled brat right now, yeah. and you have no idea how good you have it. And I'm talking, I mean, there's a thousand things. It's it, it's the giant game of whack-a-mole that never ends. Yeah. I think that when it comes to, so that's a very broad thing. So I think 100%. that you work at it like mole at a time. <laughs> you have to. So, but it is interesting. Like um, with kids, it's like if, if my kids were having an issue with you, mm-hmm. I need to get specific. Like what specifically about Eric is bothering you? Right. Like what is it? Like, you know, like specifically because I don't deal with like generalizations like that's not helpful mm-hmm. because it's a cop out and because it, it's, it's, it's not real. It's, it's not nothing, real. Yeah. And if they can't speak, then they're just being a teenager. Yeah. Ew. No. I don't like teenagers. His mom I don't texted like me earlier like I tried talking to him, seeing what he needed for school today and he won't give me any issues. And he seems upset about something. I said, well. I haven't been home. He just woke up, and I'm pretty sure he's just being a teenager. That's my daughter. She came home today, and she walked in the house, and I'm all, are you okay? She's like, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) Well, okay, so one of the greatest things about having teenagers is Oh, there's great things? Yeah, they just. Sleep? They just want to leave you alone. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, okay, we got to get through this. All right. Um. Okay. I think so we've talked about we've talked about being curious, right? See your spouse, honor your spouse, prioritize your spouse, respect your spouse, trust your spouse. Mm-hmm. 
So what that means to me in this situation is trust you married this person, so they must be a good person. I can't help you if you married a shit person. I'm Do you so feel like sorry. I tell you, like, why don't you just trust me? Do you feel like I tell you that a lot? No. I, I feel like Do I you tell you. Do you think that a lot? I you feel must like I, think that a lot. I feel like I tell you a lot. Like, why no. would it, Why would you just assume that? Like, just trust no. that. I don't ever I'm feel like, like you tell me that. I literally just told you that, like, two days, two or oh, three days ago. I don't two listen days ago. to you. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We're going to start down this path. <laughs> you know. Um, but trusting your spouse's intentions yeah. specifically, like trusting that your spouse is well-intentioned. You might not like a behavior. You might not like their attitude, but maybe they're just coping with something, but the like the outcome is well-intentioned. Like maybe they're having to swallow sand or they don't like something, but they're not making it an issue for the greater good. And they have a positive intention you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I think if you married a good person, you can trust that their intentions are They're good. always well-intentioned and pointed towards you yeah. positively. And that softens your heart towards your spouse, especially when you're really angry about something or you don't understand why they're acting this way or I wish things were different. Well, if you're not curious, you don't really know. And then, two, like, you're not trusting their intentions. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they're choosing the best of two evils. You know, one way is getting really mad and angry. The other way is just being quiet. Maybe this is the best option they have at their disposal in this moment. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Um, And the last one, well, is empathy and compassion. This is one thing I would say is hardest in our marriage for me. Is a lack of empathy or compassion. So... I think like I think it's really hard on both ends. I wouldn't say that it's just I feel like you have none for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I try to put myself in your shoes often. Like you know how you say like sometimes you're just in the middle. Yeah. And I feel like I yeah I get that, but I try to n- not make you feel like that by and you don't like the way you, so like how I'm do like how I'm trying to make you feel not in the middle doesn't work. But, like, that's my intention. So I don't put pressure on you. I don't try to, like, take your attention. I don't try to ask too much of you. I don't try to insert myself. I'm not – I give you your space, but that's well-intentioned, but it doesn't work. But my thing is you're still in the middle. So Well, a lot of times it feels like um, Mm – it almost feels like a cop-out. It feels like a way of getting out of it and being like, well, I don't care, you know, what you do or what you say or how this goes or what this situation ends up like. And it's like – it's almost a cop out like where it's like, well, that's not really how we become partners. That's not how we are a team that if you yeah. just if you remove yourself, it's like it's like this game is getting really hard. We're in we're in championship finals and mm-hmm. we're playing down and you're like, man, I'm just not that good at. Playing. Well, I don't think I cop out, but I think that what I do or I don't think I duck out of the game. But okay. what I do think is like your decision. So you make the call of how this is played. Mm-hmm. I don't leave the game, but at some point I'm like, yeah, your call. Yeah, but when it comes down to some of those situations, it's like you need a teammate there. You need a partner who's willing to make the hard calls with you. Right. And so this is where, so this is something, well, okay, but can we get back? Okay, we'll finish this. We can do whatever you would like. We're going to go way over. This is a really long episode. Sorry, because we still have a question. And I have no idea where our blended life raw is because someone turned it off because of other phone calls. Sorry. So it doesn't even matter. It's a You're cute gonna get up of your kids. Um. So it is. Oh, so something that really a lot of families 
have a hard time with, and uh, there's articles upon articles written about this, is like different parenting styles. And so how do you make your marriage work with such different parenting styles? Well, the thing is to avoid the parenting piece because when you have genuinely different parenting styles and you guys are raising your kids very different than the way me and my ex are raising my kids and we're just not going to see eye to eye, somebody has to make a call because when there's genuinely so many cooks in the kitchen and everyone is so polarized and different, mm-hmm. what I believe is right for my kids, you are like, this is not right for my kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you compromise. There, there isn't. What so it what is, do you do then? Someone has to make a call. Like okay. I have to, you're the bio parent. I respect that you're the bio parent mm-hmm. and I'm here to support you. Mm-hmm. So your call and I'm not going to create issues. Like how I love you is I'm not going to affect our marriage. Like I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to create issues, but like I, I wouldn't do that. But why am I going to fight with you over that? Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to change anything, especially because it's not just you. You have an ex that you're parenting with. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like am, is, am I going to say something and you're going to you're you both are going to be like, oh, Julie, you're right. We're definitely going to do it this way. Right. But I feel like if you no. disagree with your spouse, though, that you should give input and plead your side of the case because For maybe what? because there's been times that you've done stuff like that. Um we don't have a lot of situations like that, but there's been times where you've given me your input when I have been totally different on something. And I'm like, I see that way. And like, I, that's like, that's a good perspective. I didn't think about it like that. Interesting. And uh, so I feel like as a spouse, as a partner, mm-hmm. as a teammate, your, your input is valued. Your input is a credible valued part of, this story in getting where we want to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's asked for, I, I think I, that I the, think, I, I think the day you say I do, it's asked for. I don't think everyone would agree with that. Really? Yeah. I, why? Otherwise, why marry this person? Well, if this you is, don't want their opinion. Well, this is the hard part of marriage. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard when the expectation is to keep putting yourself in front of a moving train. Yeah. Well, better learn to jump or lay down. No, like, why? Like, because it's, I, it's, it, that's what it feels like. And at some point, that's like, this is the empathy part, right? Like, I'm trying to tell you how it feels, and you're like, fuck you, do it this way, I don't care. That's not being empathetic. Instead of you being like, oh, oh, like, that would really suck to be put in front of a train and feel like that. Like, I see you. <laughs> but see, the empathy part in marriage is really lacking. Like, you don't ever have to worry about not seeing your kid. You have no idea what it's well, like. And vice, and vice versa. But Right, I, but I mean, that empathy piece is really hard, and it separates people in marriage. When you lack empathy, it is a disconnector. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that if that's how you're going to live your marriage, it's going to make your spouse not feel like they're first, not feel seen, not feel heard. And not really want to engage, and it's going to disconnect them. A lack of empathy is a really big problem in marriage. But the flip side of that is if it comes down to you having to make the hard decisions by yourself and your spouse disagrees with you on a lot of those, and they don't give you your input Mm -hmm. or their input, Mm -hmm. you feel like you are not a team. You feel very disconnected. You feel very apart and often wonder, Mm -hmm. why the hell am I doing this because Mm -hmm. I'm in this alone? Right, but you don't feel like a teammate when you give your opinion and it's not not taken. Yeah, or disregarded or dismissed. Like, right. oh well. 
I guess it's no one feels like if a someone, teammate. But both if someone treats, yeah, exactly. So that's both where you ways. have to learn how to both give input and listen. You know, it's a it's a given mm-hmm. a give and take situation. There's push and yeah. pull, and it's it's about figuring out that dynamic. Right. But I mean, just like that, it's both people feeling like they're not a team. And if you're not a team, your blended family will be divided. If you are not a team in your marriage, you're not going to be a team in your blended family life. And so that's it. But I'm trying to say how you feel like a team. Like if you listen, if you were curious about your spouse and you saw your spouse and honored your spouse and prioritized your spouse and respected your spouse and trusted your spouse and was empathetic, I think that they would be more likely to give their opinion. Right. They would give you what you want. Agreed. You know, like if all that was true, it would be a safe place to open up and share an opinion and have real conversations about what's going on in the family. But when you're missing all of that and your spouse does not feel like you, you know, then why are they going to do that? Right. You're already making a hard situation harder on yourself. And now you're just creating one more problem. That's the expectation. Yeah. So the expectation is it's already hard and I want you to make it harder on yourself because all of this stuff isn't existing. Does that make sense? No. All right. So that is how you blend your family by putting your spouse first, everyone. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed this podcast. In these quick, simple seven steps. Yeah. Anyways. All right, you guys, if you like this or you didn't <laughs> like this, just lie to us. Leave <laughs> a thumbs up, us. subscribe, ring the bell. Thanks marriage for being is, part of us. Marriages work. Sorry. Anyways, you guys, thanks for being here with us. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.